Hi, this is Brent Barber, the founding director of the Bicycle Film Festival, and this is Resonance FM. Ride on until the break of dawn, because you don't stop. Uh -uh. Welcome to The Bike Show on Resonance 104.4 FM. My name's Jack Thurston, and today we are putting a call out for all bicycle filmmakers or bicycling filmmakers and all filmmakers who like to ride a bicycle because we're talking about the fabulous Bicycle Film Festival, which hopefully will be coming to London again for a third year in a row from its home in New York City, but it is taking over the world and we're going to be talking with Roxy Erickson about that in just a few moments. a moment ago we are going to be talking about the bicycle film festival and in the studio with me this evening is roxy erickson who is running the bicycle film festival's london leg this year welcome to the show roxy thank you very much a lot of bike show listeners will know about the bicycle film festival but there are a few i bet who don't so the beginner's guide what is it all about well the beginner's guide is that we are about films about bikes we love bikes, we support bikes, and try to show as many films as possible about bikes. We started in New York seven years ago um, by a man named Brent Barber. And since then, he's been slowly trying to take over the world. <laughs> and uh, this year, we will be in 15 different countries. 15 countries? Because yes. I, kind of, I knew there was a London connection, obviously. I knew Tokyo. And a new, there were a few cities in the United States, and I guess California maybe counts as another country these days. Um, <laughs> but what are the other countries? Well, everywhere from uh, Spain, we're going to uh, Barcelona, we're going to Milan, we're going to, we're looking into Amsterdam, Tokyo, five different places in America, and right here, most importantly, in London. Most importantly, definitely. Well, Brent did come on the show, um, I kind of think about a year and a half ago when the Bicycle Film Festival first came to London. And um, 
I caught up with him afterwards, and this is just a little bit of that interview, which is available, of course, on the archive of The Mike Show, but uh, just to give a flavour of what um, the founding director himself thinks about the monster he's created. Uh, this is Brent Barber. I just want to create a celebration of the lifestyle of bicycle riding and how that helps people in their daily lives in the community as well. Truly, people have come up to me and said that riding a bike has changed their life. And it's like, for me, I've been riding my bike my whole life, so it hasn't really changed my life so much. But I can see the differences, you know, clearly of like a lifestyle of riding a bike. A lot of that urban bike culture stuff hasn't really boiled to the point it has in the United States yet. What is urban bike culture for you? Um, when I'm referring to this urban bike culture, I mean, urban bike culture can be anybody that rides a bike in, ur- in an urban area. But when I'm talking about this whole urban bike culture thing is um, generally people are taken on as a lifestyle. They're pretty creative. Um, I can be more specific about people who are riding fixed gears. It's kind of like a post-skateboard thing. There's like bike clubs or gangs, if you will. Um, it's not really um, subversive anymore to... Or rebellious necessarily for a young person to be a hell's angel for example like and drive your Harley I mean a Harley costs what I don't know thirty forty thousand dollars doctors ride those you know you're a college kid or a post-college kid and you want to live your life differently you're probably not going to do that but what's happening now is that you see like uh, people like really pushing the envelope and you know people are looking at them and how they're living their lives well that was Brent Barber who's the founding director of the bicycle film festival So, Roxy, how come there are so many films about bikes? I mean, he's been doing the festival, you've been doing the festival for seven years now, and there's new films every year. You know, where's it all coming from? I think that's easy, and I think that most bicycle riders would understand that. I I think once you start riding a bike, something happens. Um, You know, Brent was talking about people coming up and saying that bicycles have changed their lives. Well, I think it's exactly that, especially because so many bicyclists are are artists, are filmmakers, are music makers. They they tend to inspire people. I, I think if if a bicycle is part of your life every single day, and you need to come up with an idea for, say, a film, these two things go hand in hand. And I think that's why we can always sort amazing films about bikes. I mean, Resonance is primarily an arts radio station, and this is a show about bicycles, which I think is absolutely natural. And we've gone into this a lot in the two and a half years that the bike show's been on air. Uh, Why is it that so many creative people ride bikes? And there's kind of two reasons the first reason which is like the prosaic reason is that a lot of creative people a lot of artists don't have any money so bicycles the cheapest way to get around and i know that carries a certain amount of weight but i think there's something deeper than that there's definitely something deeper about the feeling that you get and the kind of inspiration you get and the way in which the bicycle interacts with your mind on a daily basis and gives you this kind of visceral cinematic uh, journey from wherever you're going, whether it's in the countryside or in the city. Do you think that's true? Of course, 100%. I, I, I think also a bicycle, especially in, in a larger city like London, it, it equals freedom. I, you know, you're surrounded by people all day long. And um, 
if you're if you're a pedestrian and you're walking down Oxford Street, you get bumped around a million times by perfect strangers. And if you just came from your office, again, that's happening. But on your bike, it's just you. And it's yeah. Well, I have to say, cycling a bicycle <laughs> down Oxford Street is perhaps yeah. not the greatest, okay. uh, not the greatest experience. Um, <laughs> of course, but I think on the other hand, I think bicycling down Oxford Street is one of the most amazing experiences because it is you in focus with you and your machine that's underneath you. And and I think if you if you lose that focus at any time, well, I guess that's part of the adventure of bicycling. When you're you're slipping down between the canyon of a couple of double decker buses. Mm. Yeah, 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 I don't know. That's certainly a visceral experience. Um, <laughs> I know that people who work for the Bicycle Film Festival follow the mantra of Brent and never express any kind of favoritism towards films. But I want you to pick out a few of the films which you think are kind of the most um, interesting, exciting, the films that have gone down the best. I mean, you're a filmmaker yourself. What, what are some of the films that there have been in the Bicycle Film Festival that you have enjoyed the most? Well, okay, um, going against the, the Brent Barber mantra, as you say, which um, I ride fixed gear. Um, I love fixed wheel bicycles. I think they're the way to go. I truly love and support all other cyclists, but there is something about that. So I would say the films that show off fixed wheel and what you can do on them uh, would 100% be my favorite. Um, films like Pedal and Mash, while they are staples of the film festival, I think they are truly exciting to watch. And, I, I, you know, I brought, I brought my mother last year to the film festival, and she doesn't ride a bike. She drives a car everywhere. She can't stand the idea of people bicycling without helmets. And even she could understand the freedom and the excitement of riding a bike once she saw films like those. I mean, these are the ones where a lot of the camera work is from a helmet camera, basically mm-hmm. mounted on the helmet of, of some somebody um, and with these small dv cameras that you can actually make a pretty good interesting well-filmed film using helmet cameras largely can't yeah. you and it yeah. gives a really real sense of excitement yeah well we we have lots of beautiful films that are filmed on 35 mil and and of course we love that and we we enjoy seeing the cinematic quality that those offer however some of the films that get followed almost to um celebrity status uh, from the film festival are films that were filmed on little tiny mini DV cameras that some guy saved up a hundred quid to buy. Because you don't need much in the way of money to make a film now compared to what you used to need, do you? No, that's true. So if your tips were for somebody who wants to submit a film because the Bicycle Film Festival lives and breathes on films that are submitted by people. It's not as if you know, Brent just goes down to Blockbusters and checks out Breaking Away and uh, a, sun- a, sun- a Sunday in Hell and like a few of the other real classic, you know, mm. feature feature length. There's a lot of short films yes. um, and there's a lot of films by people who not necessarily filmmaking as their profession. Maybe they want to get into filmmaking. A lot of people in film school, from what I understand. What would yep. be your tips for making a, making a successful entry? Because you get over three or four hundred entries a year, don't you? we get hundreds and hundreds I think I would say that the the main tip is to just film it if you have an idea get out there film it on whatever you have uh, I think the hardest hurdle for so many artists to get over is just get on with it 
just get out there. You know you have that idea in your head. And maybe you have 10 other ideas, but just pick one and start filming. You can always switch, but get, get in that film. And so you can get your kind of little DV camera. Definitely. Um, and then in terms of editing gear, because obviously you've got to edit whatever you, whatever you get. Yeah. What, what would you recommend for a first-time filmmaker? Well, I think I would recommend um, going on to other communities like shooting people and asking for editors. You don't, you don't have to f- feel like you need to do everything on your own. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of people uh, in London and the UK alone that will help you out with this. But also edit it yourself on a program like Final Cut Pro is fantastic. And hey, but you can't, you can't recommend Final Cut Pro. This costs like hundreds and hundreds of pounds. No, I think most people have a friend that has Final Cut oh, Pro. Oh, yeah, really? Start asking your friends. How about, there was a terrific film that I think won some big shot prize a few years ago that was filmed uh, uh, filmed on DV and edited on, on um, iMovie. Yeah, iMovie's and, fantastic. And iMovie, I think you can do an awful lot with iMovie. Yeah. Especially when you hit that play backwards thing. Because <laughs> that is cool. You, I don't know how you edit stuff backwards on uh, Final Cut Pro, but on iMovie, there's just a button you go play backwards. <laughs> well, then there. I, I think we have our problem solved. If you want to <laughs> send in your backward films, then do it on iMovie. I think that could be truly disorienting, a kind of backwards journey yeah. um, across London um, with a helmet camera. Be amazing. <laughs> Starting in, you know, casualty, obviously. So there's your first idea. So somebody out there can, can film this film on a tiny little mini DV camera, edit it on iMovie, hit that play backwards, and send it in to us, because this is what we're interested in. We want raw filmmaking. Well, there's a film which I came across a few months ago, which has... I don't know, an enormous amount of charm for me. And and I want to play a little excerpt from it. Obviously, this is radio, so we can't bring the full colour of a film um, to the bike show. But this is a film about the London to Holyhead road race, which was going on in the 50s and 60s. And it was essentially the longest single day race, unpaced race. So this is not a track race. This is a road race, unpaced road race in the world at that time kind of pushing on for 300 miles that these guys would ride from London to Holyhead which is on Anglesey right up in the far corner of Wales. I love this film because it has just got the most fantastic 60s soundtrack and it's a film that came to my attention because of the great Ray Pascoe. You know while Brent Barber might like to think of himself as the godfather of uh, bicycle films actually Ray Pascoe is the guy who uh, who, who got there first and I, under a little bit of inquisition Brent will um, admit that this is the case and I think actually a few of Ray's films have been shown at the Bicycle Film Festival anyway without further ado this is a short sequence uh, from London to Holyhead in 1964 the longest single day unpaced cycle race in the world is already on its way through a sleeping London the 5am start has been preceded by steak breakfast and the field of 40 are warming up to the task ahead. Mostly semi-professional, the bunch contains many of our top riders. The favourite is Yorkshireman Albert Hitchin of the Falcon Cycles team. Hitchin won this race in 1961 and was second in 1962, but apart from his own teammates, the rest of the field will be out to stop him. Just after six o'clock, as the field takes the big climb into St Albans, with nearly 25 miles covered. 
the steepness fails to break them up and they press on into a cold but promising morning with the mist and heavy dew hanging around the hedges and the country lanes. team gets the first puncture of the day but he's soon off again in hot pursuit getting the traditional helping push from the service mechanics and as the chief marshal drops back to see that he's all right helps himself to some food a small group have got themselves off the front of the main field and they're getting about keeping clear with many an anxious backward glance. Dave Hamilton of the Woodrup Oval team up at the front, pushing on the pressure a little bit trying to keep things clear as the early morning supporters come out to see the riders go through. And the riders are still attacking with Alan Jacob going up to the front with his team colleague Mick Coward helping to pace him along as they come through still with a long, long way to go on this road to Hollyhead. Through the early morning mist and another little breakaway clear, but not clear by very, very much and the main field coming through immediately behind them, trying to make sure that they don't get too far in advance of them. Well, that was uh, an excerpt from London to Hollyhead, 1964. And Roxy Erickson, unfortunately, iMovie doesn't have a button which is create groovy 60s soundtrack your film yet i think steve jobs is probably working on it yeah they're already working on it i i just read that somewhere but i mean that 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 had me tapping my foot i was pretending to be cycling (laughs) no it's a it's a great film and we'll finish up the uh, end of the show today um with with um the second segment of that of that film so there's a couple of films which i wanted to draw your attention to which are british films because i think one of the criticisms of people who went to the last two bicycle film festivals in London um, the last two years was that it was an awful lot of American films. And obviously, there are a lot of Americans out there, and Brent is American, and the Bicycle Film Festival comes from America. But yeah. there weren't many, there were one or two British films, but not so much. But there are a couple of films that, that I want to uh, mention to you. Uh, the first is called Four Minute Tour, and this is by a filmmaker called Habby. Um, and in fact features a little bit of audio from the bike show, from some of the interviews that I've done on the show. And it's about the Tour de France, and it's in four minutes, and it's really great. It's got this really slick, kind of 
high production value. I think uh, she spent a lot of time um, making that film out there following the tour for three or four weeks. I love the reflections in the cars. Yeah, that was of, that's of great. The bicyclists yeah. Going past. yeah, no, I mean that in a way that that harks back to films like Vive le Tour and Paul Romeo Jean, which were in the kind of mid '60s. They're kind of classic bits of uh, French filmmaking, very arty. They they kind of look a bit like you know pop videos look now, but they were made in the '60s. And the other film is a film that's quite different from that called Country Commute by A.J. Adams, and it's um, essentially it's a helmet cam film, but not your typical run-of-the-mill helmet cam film with a bunch of bike messengers racing around causing havoc on the streets of New York or London or wherever it is. This is a guy basically on his 10-mile commute across Cornwall um, and just chatting to himself and just going through the countryside, enjoying the countryside and enjoying his ride in a very sort of naive way. And both of these are available to watch on the Channel 4 4 Docs website, and I'll put links to those from the Bike Show's website, uh, which is www.thebikeshow.net. So, will you consider that those two have been submitted, or do they have to actually be submitted by the directors? Well, of course, they'd have to be submitted by the directors themselves. Um, but oftentimes, when people send me ideas, which happens a lot, uh, saying, I know this great bike film, I would love to see it on a big screen, could you please try and get it? Every time I get uh, an email like that, I, I look it, I look it up. I try and search it down. Oftentimes, um, it's a hard one to find, but I'm constantly in contact with the BBC and the BFI, trying to find some. You know, Stephen Freer's first film was a really? film called A Day Out, which is a bicycling film. Uh, so I'm I'm constantly looking at films like that, and I welcome the suggestions, and I will try to source them myself if I can. And so, how's it looking for non? stateside films for this year for the London Bicycle Film Festival uh, if you've got a good roster coming up well to, uh, coming of together? course I never even know uh, what's going to make it into the festival until uh, the judging's done um, which hasn't happened yet our our deadline for all films internationally is March 1st now that deadline is only to get it into the into the festival worldwide this year however uh, in the UK we are pushing so hard to get more UK films um, and you can submit those to me later than the March 1st deadline um, if you contact me. It will look good. It's looking better than it has in in either of the two previous years for UK films. So we, we definitely are pushing those this and year. And so how can people get in touch with you? My email address is roxy, R-O-X-Y, at bicyclefilmfestival.com. Okay, and obviously all the listeners around the world can get it, get in touch to you or to Brent um, or via the website bicyclefilmfestival.com and submit your films. We want to see them in London. We don't, you don't have dates for the, the festival, the, for the screenings in London. No. But if past times has been is any guide to the future, it, the last two were in September, so maybe we yeah, can... Yeah, we're like, looking at fall again this we year. Can look at, we can look at fall or autumn as we enjoy calling it here in the United Kingdom. (laughs) So thanks very much, Roxy, for coming onto the show and good luck um, in putting together what I hope is going to be the biggest and best bicycle film festival in London. It will be. uh, This year. Great. It will be. Thank you. Well, we almost run out of time and we just have enough time to play the final segment of um, London to Hollyhead. And uh, here it is.
homes of the Falcon team leads the bunch up one of the many hills on this long, long ride to Hollyhead. The pressure is on again now, but White is still out on his own and has no one to talk to for the past 15 miles, but perhaps receives some encouragement from the crowds who are beginning to arrive at the various points en route. now with some more spectators and still tightly bunched or quite content to stay as they are. They're maintaining a steady average speed and this will eventually tell on the weaker riders. midday now and they've been racing for seven hours but the hardest part is still to come. fast in their attempts to pull back the lone fairhead with the bunch about a minute behind them. Bill Holmes, winner of the 1961 Tour of Britain, takes a drink with Riles just behind him and Mills coming into view. Bill Bradley, twice winner of the Tour of Britain and twice amateur champion, comes through ahead of the bunch desperately trying to get with the leaders and refuses the last chance of food. And just watch him go. One of the older men in top class cycling today, he is also one of the toughest and uses his head as well as his legs. Nearing the summit, there's only three. Edwards has been dropped. Approaching the line for the special prize, and Mills comes forward to take it with the other two conserving their energy for bigger things. Rain has made the road slippery, but still the trio keep up the pressure and they turn right out of Bangor and over the Menai Bridge for the last 25 miles. Across the Isle of Anglesey, Holmes keeps at the front, setting the pace for the other two. All are now suffering from their efforts, but Hollyhead is getting nearer. So they continue, Mills grimacing and holding on, knowing that to lose contact would be the end for him. You can tell from Holmes' face what it's like, and now they're in the last ten miles, ten miles of torture. Into Hollyhead now, less than a mile from the line, and taking the sharp left-hand bend which brings them onto the Newry Beach and a quarter of a mile from the finish. 
Over the last few hundred yards, Hitchens' sprint carries him to the front and victory, with Holmes second and Mills third. Their time for the 278 miles, 11 hours, 47 minutes and 6 seconds. Holmes' face tells the story of this gruelling ride as Bill Bradley comes in alone for a well-deserved fourth place three minutes down. And now, a minute later, 20 men together in the sprint for fifth place, storming in over the final lung-bursting half-mile, jostling, pushing for position, elbows out, heads down, and all ready for a 30-mile-an-hour sprint finish with Bernard Burns of the Falcon team bringing victory for them in the team race taking the fifth position. The hero signs for the fans. But Albert, that ice lolly in front of the cameras. Thank you.